thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damian Kristoff, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to the Wellness Guys. I'm Lawrence Tam. I'm David Christoph. And I'm Brett Hill. And this is the Wellness Guy Show, a weekly show dedicating bringing wellness to our lives. And today we have a special guest. His name is Dan John. He's woken up really nice and early at 3.30 in the morning. Uh, and so he's definitely you know, putting his energy onto it for the next half an hour. But Dan John has spent his life with one foot in the world of lifting and throwing and the other foot in academia. An all-American discus thrower, Dan has also competed at the highest level of Olympic lifting, Highland Games, and the weight pentathlon, an event which he holds the American record. Dan spent his work life blending work, weekly workshops and lectures with full-time writing and is also an online religious studies instructor for Columbia College of Missouri. Welcome to the show, Dan. Well, thank you so much. It's great to have you, Dan. I know a lot of the questions that we've been getting uh, from our listeners over the last couple of years, you know, since we've been doing the Wellness Guys, one of the things that we've never been able to uh, actually get an expert on is actually how to get huge, how to get big. And we, so we thought, you know, Brett's found you and we thought, hey, let's get the expert on how to get big. Well, the thing, the hardest thing about it is you need to dedicate uh, four to six weeks. To, to, I mean, that sounds insane, but you... You can't constantly try to get huge as people think they can. It's got to be a, it's got to be a very focused, a very laser beamed approach because it's it's emotionally very difficult to do it. I mean, to to do it, you have to have a lot of time and attention on the barbell. So you got to do like complexes, and you got to do high rep back squats, and you have to eat. Uh, I mean, I want to say a surplus, but. Most young people don't understand what I'm talking about. I mean, you literally have to shove food down your gullet, uh, I don't know, 12 hours a day. You have to sleep excessively. You have to wear heavy clothes all day. And then when you come see me, you got to do workouts that really induce, uh, well, the feeling of, <laughs> you want to throw up. I mean, so. <laughs> Excellent. So Excellent. It's sounding. Down. It's sounding pretty enticing so far, Dan. It sounds great. Hey, um, how did you get into this in the first place, Dan? Give us a bit of your background. Oh, well, I mean, I thought you only had half an hour. Well, I started lifting weights in uh, 1965. And um, what really taught me was in the early 70s, I met Dick Notmeyer. And I was, uh, I mean, I was really strong. I was, I mean, I, I mean, I was freakishly strong for a high school boy, uh, American teenager, you know, 17, 18 years old, but I'd never done true squatting. And after I met Dick, my body went, went from 162, uh, 162 pounds to 202 pounds. If you want me to go to kilos, I'm fine with that too. But I put on 40 pounds in four months, which is, you know, 10 pounds a month, which is two and a half pounds a week. Um, which is freakish when you think about it in hindsight. That's massive. Uh, but uh, really it's because I squatted and I front squatted and I clean and jerked and I snatched and my life changed on that. But years later when I tried to repeat the results with my own athletes, so this is 75, 76, say by 79, 80s, the 90s, I'm trying to repeat this with my athletes. It's not working. What it took me a long time to realize is that uh, 
it was such a focused amount of time. And uh, if you want to really build mass, you, you've got to you've got to show up with very good technique in the weightlifting moves. You have to kind of uh, lay the foundation, if you will, to do this. And then when you go after it, it can't be okay. I'm going to do this for you know. I'm going to train twice this week to build mass, but next week I'm going to go right back to what I used to do. It has to be a very focused. I'm telling you, the word painful is there. And and it does physically hurt to do it Mm. uh, if you're doing it right. Uh, Because the amount of growth is freakish. And then the hardest thing is that you can't keep doing it. You probably have one, maybe two bouts of it in your career. Is that right? So so one or two bouts, we're talking, can we just jump back into kilograms for a second? Because I kind of got a little bit lost with the pounds. Uh, so we're talking one to two bouts of massive weight gain in your career. Are we talking 10 to 20 kilograms? Are we talking 30 to 40 kilograms? No, we're, we'd be under, under 20. Under 20. Okay. Under 20 so, kilos. And we're talking mainly active tissue mass. We're talking muscle, aren't we? We're not talking fat. We don't want to get fat. We're trying to get massive in terms of muscle. Well, yeah. That's it, man. In fact, it would, I would challenge you to try to get that fat. That uh, fast. Yeah. That's a lot of carbs. I've never thought of it before, but that's a kind of a good question. I mean, I, you always get this. Oh, you know me. I can. Oh, I wish I was like you. I could put weight on so well. <laughs> Bullshit. I'm, oh, sorry, I didn't swear, but that's so hard to put on. You know, so, you know, you'll be at a, you'll, you'll be at. I when I was in college, you'd be at a party, and some girl would say, "Oh, you're so lucky. You can eat anything you want." And I was at a, a discus store. It's like, honey, you got no idea. The amount of discipline it takes to continue to shovel food down your throat to lift these loads. I mean, it was hard. It's Yeah, so I would say under 20K, uh, say 16, 17, 18 maybe in a six-week, in a four-month period like myself would be freakish. We're thinking more. It's oh, so- Three, four kilos in six weeks would be put you in the top end of of doing it right. It's still incredible. You know? It's still incredible. I have helped a lot of people lose a lot of weight, and uh, and they often comment on how difficult it is to lose weight. But I actually say it's actually more difficult to put on the weight because you've got to eat so much food. You've got to go beyond your comfort levels. You've got to fill your gut and your esophagus and your mouth, and it's got to be sitting there for ages. And even when your gut's full, you've still got to shove more food in there. In you know, to put on weight, it's a big deal. I, I absolutely hear what you're saying there. Yeah, incredible. I'm, I'm walking with you. I'm dancing with you on this. I put it to two things. I think the hardest thing to do is uh, add quality lean body mass. And I think the second hardest thing to do is to lose body fat. I mean, I mean it's much easier for me to say, you know, to help you play uh, a sport or to get you better at whatever. But to do those two, two things are the hardest, which always makes me laugh because that's always what people want to do. So you see thousands of programs but it's so hard to do these things and 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 so my principles are pretty simple and i i think you can do it in short bouts uh up to six weeks probably for most normal people six weeks would be the absolute max um and you probably have two chances a year to do that but here's the thing most of the listeners most normal people think that's the way you should train 
365 days a year, which is why they quit. Right. So Dan, you, you mentioned that, you know, you have two chances a year to do this and, you know, talked about the principles. Tell, explain to you why two chances in the year is it? And also like what are, maybe we can get into some of the principles. Oh, sure. Well, in fact, I'm, I'm not even sure. It's, it, I don't think it's two chances a year to, to put on mass or even the lose body fat. I think you have two chances a year to, to actually circle a six-week period and have a single focus or a single goal. Right. I just don't think we can do it. Now, if you start thinking this way, you actually have a better chance to do things. Uh, for example, if you have a female fat loss client, she's going to probably want to do 365 days a year of fat loss Hmm. and she's going to quit on you in uh, two weeks. So a better way might be to approach it is like focus on glutes for 12 weeks. We're going to do a, you know, we're going to get Brett's new book and we're going to do this magic, you know, glute workout. Uh, Maybe the the six week Soviet squat program. I'm telling you for fat loss, high rep squats is the best thing I know what to do. It's funny because it's also for mass building, the best thing I know to do. Uh, the reason is it's because they suck and it's really, really hard to do. <laughs> so I'm just not sure we human uh, – well, there's a seasonal approach. You know, There's four seasons to the year, at least up here. And I, I, I'm just not sure you can emotionally, physically put ever, every lead you know into a sentence socially – I mean, come on, when you're around somebody who's on a fat loss program and you're partying, they're no fun, and they break down anyway. I mean, it's great to be around. You're trying to gain mass. You're, you know, you're drinking beer, and you're, and you're eating wings. That's great. But, the, you know, drinking beer and eating wings every night for 365 days and then going in the gym the next day and doing high-rep squats, it's really hard. And I, I think emotionally might be the right way to say it, but – the nervous system and all that. It's just really hard to put all those ingredients together and do it every single day. I just think it's impossible to do. Uh, be like falling in love um, every day for 10 years. And it's really hard. It's hard work. Well, Dan, I'm glad you're saying that everyone shouldn't drink beer and have chicken wings every single night because we're obviously the wellness guys. We're all about doing things in a healthy way. And so you're obviously saying, look, people can't sustain this intense level of activity for you know 365 days a year. So I guess for the people listening who are, you know, some of them will be definitely interested in this, you know, just gaining massive amounts of mass in a short period of time. Others are more just thinking, well, you know, I just want to be fit. I just want to have good lean muscle mass throughout the year. Sure. You know, how can we combine that and how can we do this mass gaining thing in a healthy way that's, I guess, you know, sustainable and, and healthy for the rest of your life as well? Well, see, I mean, that's, I mean, that, that's, you've just talked about my whole career right now. <laughs> yeah. Basically, you've got I'm, a couple of minutes, so, you know, not wanting to put pressure on. No, just joking. Don't go. <laughs> so basically, like I, I tell people, you know, we have uh, the fundamental human movements and in and, and my language is push, pull, hinge, squat, loaded carries, and then what we call the sixth move, which is just basically everything else, uh, but it's groundwork and all that other stuff. And I tell people, most of the time when you train, you should ensure that you do the basic human movements in every workout. The reps and sets should be uh, reasonable, repeatable, doable. The load should be 
appropriate to where you're at now. Never miss a lift when you're trying to train for, just hold on, never miss a lift. I mean, if you're trying to win the nationals, your last rep, you, you got to push it. God bless you. If you, if you're trying to win the nationals and you miss a lift, God bless you. Good for you. But the rest of the time, make your lifts. Um, you should probably <laughs> protein. You should probably eat vegetables and drink water. Oh, there you go. Thank you very much. Every single listener knows that what I just said is absolutely true. For the bulk of your training, that's how you should do it. You should take care of business. You should uh, strive for mastery. You should strive for beautiful movement. You should slowly up the load over time somehow. Uh, you should uh, get more comfortable with uh, that load in your reps and sets. You should play around with more advanced, more ballistic moves, if that's appropriate for you and your injury background. And it's wouldn't it be nice if you ate some damn vegetables here and again? Um, uh, we all know that. So basically, I set up for just about every athlete I have, oh, the bulk of the training year. I mean, it can be up to, I mean, honestly, 10 months of the year, just following what I just told you. In my gym, the phrase we use for that is Mexican food. And it comes from an American comedian named Jim Gaffigan. And he's, he jokes about being a waiter at a Mexican restaurant. And this woman said, well, what are nachos? And he said, well, you know, meat, cheese, veggies on a burrito, uh, on a you know, tortilla. Ah, that sounds good. What's a taco? Meat, cheese, veggies on a tortilla. Oh, that sounds good. What's an enchilada? And finally he says, shut up. Just say something and I'll bring it to you. So <laughs> for the bulk of my training, it's meat, cheese, veggies on a tortilla. We're just going to. Now, I mean, I'm gonna, if, 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 you know, if you're a, I don't, you're, of course, and everyone thinks they're special. So I always lie to you. <laughs> tell you and, uh, but really it's just Mexican. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to tell you anything you want to hear, but I'm just going to serve you Mexican food for most of the year. And then the other two times, maybe two, yeah, two's about right. We will, my wife has this nice thing she always talks about. If you have to eat a plate of frogs, eat the biggest frog first. And so what you have to do once or twice a year is sit down either with yourself, with your client, with your athlete and say, and you circle and you say, uh, don't we all agree that your blank is the problem? Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. So two times, you know, one, you know, so we're, if, if for like myself years ago, it was my front squat. So I did the Soviet squat routine, six weeks, three days a week of front squats, lots and lots of reps, lots and lots of sets. It was awful. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but boy, I improved my front squat. I bet you did. I bet you did. Now we've mentioned uh, we've, we've mentioned wings, beer, Mexican, um, in three different forms. Sure. Are, you, are you having anything else? Like, I mean, obviously that's going to be a truckload of food. But are you, are you having to have supplements? Are you doing? You know, because a lot of people go out there and they buy the big protein powders and they'll get their N-acetylcysteine and their N-acetylcarnitine and they'll try and load up and they'll get, you know, a bit of extra, you know, this and that. Do you have to go and take all those supplements to get massive or can it all be done with food? Well, uh, for getting massive supplements, you know, 
it's so personal. So what I do, uh, like I have a book that goes over this called Mass, man, simple, but don't worry about it. I'll just get it. it. We got it. We'll be talking about it. Okay. I'm going to just share the idea is I have you test, uh, each week, the classic couple of supplement attempts. Okay. So for example, some people say that protein after a workout is the most important thing. Well, one week you try that. You do protein after the workout and then you figure out how you feel. Uh, the best, I mean, for some of my athletes, the single best thing they ever did was a protein shake right before bed. And then years later, we found out that some of my kids would get up at right about now, two or three in the morning, and drink a protein shake and they were making the best. But then the kid next to him, the athlete next to me, like, Oh my, once I drink that protein shake, I can't get back to sleep and I feel groggy all day. Mm. So you've got, you know, a hundred people in a room and some get their results from protein after a workout, a protein shake after some protein shake before bed, some protein shake when they wake up first in the morning, some protein, doing two or three of them. Creatine helps some people, um, Protein before a workout helps some people, and it makes other people just puke in a bucket. Yeah, that's it. So at the end of the six weeks, you just kind of write down, here is it. What I try to get people to do is, okay, here is the big bang for me. This one works for me. But the funny thing is this, and I always tell people, the one that failed miserably is probably your second best option. Come back to it again later, later, uh, later in the year, later in your career, when you're not focusing on mass building. So, for example, it, protein before workouts was a miserable failure for you on a mass program. A couple of years from now, a couple months from now, try it again when you're doing something else. It, it might have been a total miserable failure for you on mass building, but it might be the best way you, thing you ever did for your overall training. So that, that's how I do supplements. Mm. So you just, start, I'll just finish that off. So you're just kind of saying that there's it, the, all of them work, but not in the same way for every single person. So you just got to try it off a size and see which one works for you over that six week period yeah. and just measure it. Yeah. There's a, I have two rules. Everything works. And then rule two, everything works for about six weeks. Gotcha. So <laughs> even if something is the best thing you've ever like done, it. life, it's mm. got a shelf life on it. It's not going to be around very long. Well, Dan, one of the things that, you know, from your, re- you know, read some of your stuff and one of the things that you consistently go through that seems to work all the time or you think that's one of the most important things is squats and you're saying that more is better. Could you explain that? Well, no, no, no. Hang on. Uh, the movement of squatting hmm. should be done daily. Uh, the problem we get with squatting is people fall in love with load. Hmm. And uh, when I first came up, Going heavy on the squat was never considered a good idea. And so we all, you know, the idea was, it's funny because the research supports everything I'm about to say. And, of course, then I ignored it. But uh, because, you know, why listen to experienced wise people, you know? You know, I mean, that's (laughs) stupid, right? Uh, Let's just make up crap. Um, That's it. That's it. But what we discovered, like, for, uh, you know, elite discus throwers, you only need about... Uh, uh, what would that be? Uh, uh, a 200 kilo back squat is all you need to be an elite discus star. Now, some of your 
listeners are probably, you know, spitting out their teeth hearing that. But for a, a thrower, that's very light, okay? And yet we try to push ourselves up to 300 kilos because more is better. Once you're strong enough, you're strong enough. You don't need more strong enough. And so I'm a big believer that the movement of squatting should be done daily. But I also believe that you should push, pull, you should hinge, you should do some kind of carry, and you should, you know, get up and down off the ground a couple, you know, a, a few times every day too. So it, I hope you can separate this out mentally. The movement of squatting, the appropriate, correct, uh, safe, deep, lovely squat should be done daily. Uh, <laughs> load is another discussion, and that would, would get into what we're tr- what we're doing this for. Now, if you're a power lifter and you have to squat heavy, God bless you. You got to squat heavy. But for the rest of us, we have to have a, a an important discussion about how much you should have on your back. So, Dan, you spoke before. Well, you speak a lot on your blog and stuff about functional movement, and you spoke before about mastery and what you call beautiful movement. You know, what do you mean by that when you're talking about functional movement and beautiful movement in terms of your exercises? Well, I don't. I don't know if I talk about functional because that became a buzzword, and sometimes. When a word becomes popular, it takes on additional meaning, like the word core, C-O-R-E, core. I don't know how to say it in Australian. You guys speak that sounded, that sounded pretty good, mate. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, so for me, I always say this. You know, I'm a discus thrower, hammer thrower. If you've never, never seen the discus or have hammer, but you go to a track meet and don't look at how far they're throwing. Just look at how they look in the ring. You almost can always judge who the best is because this guy looks lovely and this guy looks not so lovely. There's this thing going on right now called the Olympics. And every four years, I I don't follow the winter sports at all, but every four years I become an expert on winter sports. You know, some little figure skaters doing the triple sole cow and the double axle. I don't even know what the hell I just said, but every four years, I start judging them, and the funny thing is, I'm generally right about who's going to win and lose at the Olympic level, and I don't even know what the sports are. You know, like the the, the snowboarders, I mean, I know they supplement with, uh, you know, drugs that are illegal in some countries because they are mood-altering, but I can just look at them and say, this guy's pretty good. So that's what I'm looking for as a coach or as an athlete in the weight room. I, I want to look and just say, and you guys know, I guarantee you know what I'm talking about. You can go to any gym and you can just look at someone train, and this one looks like an idiot, and this one. <laughs> There's plenty of those. Yeah, so what you're trying to do is once you tune your eye to, boy, that's, that's beautiful, then all of a sudden as a coach, trainer, even as your athlete for yourself, you really change your paradigm and you start thinking, yeah, that's, I want to look like that person there. That's beautiful. And, and we, every single person listening knows what I'm talking about. You yeah. can go to school, you can go to schoolyard and watch kids play on the equipment there. And that kid's a great athlete. Go to a gym and say, this guy's a goober. I mean, he's going to get hurt doing that. And then you say, well, what exactly is, is he doing wrong to an untrained person? And they'll say, I don't know. It just looks wrong. It looks funny. It looks 
stupid. And and the funny thing is, months later, they're the injured person. Yeah, isn't that the case? You see that so much, Dad. Dan, uh, we're all having a bit of a, a giggle here behind the scenes because uh, we're funny, very, not only interesting but hilarious. There's so, many, there's so many things you're saying that are absolutely so, so spot on, even here in Australia. Um, I've noticed a few people recently, and I'm hoping that there's some people listening to this particular recording when I ask this question. Um, I've noticed that some people started to make the move back into using steroids and all those sorts of things to try and strip down and get all ripped and look all that sort of thing. And you know, it really concerns me that they, you know, make these decisions to do that using insulin and stuff like that. And is it all necessary? Do people can people just get a great body, you know, feel fantastic, be super strong and injury free without all that sort of stuff? Well, in the United States, it's a federal offense, so it's illegal. Yeah, it's also banned by every sport, so it's well, it's unethical and it's uh, immoral. But other than that, you know. Uh, um, here's, the problem. here's the problem with any, any trick you try to do. Um, for example, here in the United States, every so often, plyometrics returns. And, and the yeah. problem is plyometrics helps one time in your career. If you don't have a double body weight back squat, don't do plyos. You're not ready for it yet. Now, you might, you might say, jeepers, you know, I got I improve for being a shitty dose. Can I swear? Sorry. A crappy <laughs> jumper. <laughs> you did right. You did right. To a more, you know, to a less crappy jumper. Uh, isometrics, by the way, work really, really well, but they work one time. Uh, I hate to say it, but it was actually an Australian discus store in, that, in my career. We're in a track meet one time, and he said, and he told me he was juicing. And I don't want to get too specific, so I'll. I'll save a little bit, but let's just say he was, yeah, I was throwing 45 meters and now I'm throwing 50 meters. Mm. And I remember thinking, you're throwing 50 meters on steroids. I mean, that's pathetic. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember just being, I was in awe at, how bad this guy could be. But here's the thing. If you're on anabolics and you're only throwing 50 meters, you're done. You're yeah, crazy. You're, you're doing much work anyway, are you? Really? It's yeah, not really working for it. And so these gym rats and, you know, the, the, the bulk of anabolic users in the United States are, you know, little gym rats who don't compete in any way and they just want to look better. But here's the thing. You know, you're putting a line in your – what you did is put a line in the sand. And you're not going to look any better than you look right now. Because the biggest trick in our back pocket of tricks, you used it, and that's all you got. I mean, if you're, I mean, I mean, if you're a professional athlete or you're an elite bodybuilder and you're being rewarded, I call it the you know, cost-to-benefit ratio, okay? Uh, I mean, I get it. I mean, just stick around. And if you're here in the States, I mean, our professional sports pay you so much money that it will inf- it will affect your great grandchildren. Mm. I get it. For something like that, I get it. But if you're just doing it to pick up chicks on Friday night, I would say <laughs> learn how to talk and learn how to dance. Don't waste your <laughs> don't waste your money. Right. You know, like these jackasses who say that they want to look good naked. Well. I always laugh because I always ha- I always tell people, well, because they would have to be naked 
before you ever noticed they actually trained because they just don't look very impressed. <laughs> and this guy's, you know, the guy weighs 142 pounds and he's on a, a you know, he's trying to get ripped. Your weight, uh, let's see, what would that be? Uh, 71 kilos or something like that? 70, yeah. You got a 71 kilo guy stretching his stuff. I mean, come on, man. You don't like that. I'll hear you Dan there's one more thing I want to ask you about just before we finish up because when I was a kid we used to have this computer game called California Games and one of the things that happened <laughs> was like the log toss and so wasn't it great you remember I saw, that brilliant I saw on your profile that you were in the Highland Games I've just got to ask you about that like what was that like that looks like a whole bunch of fun you threw it one well, way I watched, the, I watched the clip you threw it miles uh, yeah, well, yeah, I, uh, yeah, but it's called the caber toss. Yeah, I love it. I mean, it's, <laughs> it is, it, you know, I tell you, at a real big Highland Games, you're going to meet, uh, it is, it, it, we always joke about it because um, it's the only sport I've ever met where you turn to your competitor and say, hold my scotch, I've got to compete. So that's, you know, it's a lot of fun. We, you know, you, you, it's loud, it's big, I mean, it's just big. I mean, that would be the best way to explain it. It's a big <laughs> sport. Uh, the events are heavy and uh, hard to move. Uh, it's the crowds are hilarious. I mean, they're just—I mean, they're just the fans are all in. Uh, it's just it's so you know between events. If you wander around, I mean, you you meet really interesting people. They're one, it's a wonderful. I enjoy them. I love them. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, well, thank you so much for your insights and, and the last. And uh, thanks for being sport for getting up so early in the morning to do this call. So I really appreciate it. So I think everybody, uh, you guys should go check out Dan's uh, site. His uh, site is uh, danjohn.net. Uh, there's uh, tons of products there. There's lots of DVDs and uh, also some lectures and audio series too as well. So uh, go check it out. So thank you so much, Dan. And, um, you know, for all the listeners, go join to, uh, join us on Facebook and uh, keep the conversation going. Love to hear your thoughts and uh, what you have been doing to get massive. And uh, like us on Facebook while you're there. Share this podcast with your friends and your families and other strangers you think that need a wellness update. And subscribe to us on iTunes while you're there. Please leave us a five star rating and leave us leave a comment on there as well until next week begin creating wellness into our lives lead by example and let's change the world's health together join us next week on the wellness guy show this has been a production of the check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash the wellness couch subscribe to each show on itunes and check us out on twitter the wellness couch streaming wellness into your lives Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.